I want to preach on this theme, a little piece of this book entitled, Your Everything Is His Anything. And if you got your Bibles, I like, or your iPads, or your telephones, or whatever you use, go with me to the book of St. John, chapter 14. And I want to start reading that verse 1, and you'll be blessed. I like the old King James Version because it's so poetical. Have you noticed that when people quote Scripture, they always quote the old King James? It's very hard to, to quote the Amplified. Yeah, a lot of words in the Amplified. And I'm not, it is, but I mean, I just like the old King James, and it'll bless you. Now, before I start reading, what I, what I like to tell you about the Bible, it's very orderly. I mean, God knows exactly what he's doing. I want everyone to look at me. This is God, look at me when I say it, this is God in written form. When you touch your Bible, you're touching God Almighty. And you cannot separate him from his word. Him and his word are one. See, and, and that's a fact, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I, I want to deal with this, but I, I noticed something that Jesus is doing something totally different in this chapter than he's ever done. He's jumping tracks. Normally, when Jesus said something, he would explain it. He didn't explain it to your face or he'd do it through a parable or whatever, but you understood. But here he's doing something different. So before I read St. John chapter 14, verse 1, I have to read St. John chapter 13, verse 37, where Peter's talking. Tyler, this message is your everything is his anything. This is just a piece of the book here. Look what he says here. Peter says this, St. John 13, verse 37. Peter said to them, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Have you ever heard that before? If you had somebody tell you, I'm with you, man. I am with you. I got your back. And you ain't seen them since. Hold your hand up if that's happened. I mean, I have to hold both hands up. Oh, man, I'm with you, man. I'll never leave you forsaken. My God, before you get to the parking lot, you never see him again. Look what Jesus said to the man in verse 38. Jesus asked him, said, Will thou you lay down your life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto you, the, the rooster shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice or three times. Now, you think Jesus would explain that. I mean, if Jesus said that to me, I would say, what do you mean? Wait a minute, man. Whoa, 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 man. I, I'm with you, man. He don't say nothing. He jumps a track to St. John 14, verse 1. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Uh-oh. Now, he done made the church world mad as a hornet. He, equ he equates himself to God Almighty. He said, let not your heart be troubled. This is all red. How many of y'all believe the red parts? How many of you believe the word of God? Hold your hand up. Let's find out. Let's see if we really do. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, that made the Jewish world mad. That would make the Christian world mad today. My God, man, because you think he would explain that. You know, I mean, when you say a statement that big and that powerful, you, you ought to explain that. But he jumps a track. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I, I, I would have told you. Now, wait a minute. What good did it do you to know what kind of house God builds in heaven? Think about that. I mean, this, he jumps the track from Peter. He jumps the track on, uh, uh, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Then he jumps the track and he goes, in my father's house are many mansions. It was not so. I would have told you. Then he jumps the track again. I go to prepare a place for you. What is Jesus doing here in the scripture? Now, this is his words. I am a textualist. You know what that means? I believe what it says. I learned that word from a chief justice of the Supreme Court, Anthony Scalia, I think his name was. He passed away a few years ago. They said, why are you such a conservative justice on the Constitution? He said, I'm a textualist. I just do what the Constitution says. 
And that's so true. But when he says that, that went off in me like a shotgun. I do exactly what this Bible tells me to do. Nothing more, nothing less. I learned it from Jesus. I only say what my father says. I only do what my father says. To do. End of statement. So watch it. What Jesus is doing is he's trying to get us to St. John chapter 14, verse 12. And this is where we go. Are we ready? Here we go. Jesus says this. Now, Jesus said this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Wow, praise the Lord. How many of you have raised the dead? How many of you have cast out devils? How many of you have walked on the water? How many of you have fed 5,000 people with a two-piece fish dinner? Wait a minute. I thought you believed the word of God. Don't look at me weird. I'm just reading what he said. He said, let me read it again. Maybe you didn't get it. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and watch this, and great works indeed shall he do. Why? Because I go to my Father, so he's going somewhere. So Jesus expects us, if you have a living word, to do greater works than he's doing. I'll tell you one thing, you built a bigger building than Jesus ever built. That's a greater work. Right. Think about that for a minute. Isn't that amazing? You probably preached to more people in your church from the beginning when he first started there now than Jesus did. That's a greater work. Think about that for a second. Now, where Jesus is trying to get to us, get us to, is St. John chapter 14, verse 13. He says this, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Now, everybody look at me. What does whatsoever mean to you? Whatsoever, right? He says, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Why? that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So when you ask God for something, God gets glorified and Jesus gets magnified. Are you hearing that? Remember the title, your everything is his anything. So what does whatsoever mean to you? Whatsoever, right? That could be spiritual, that could be physical, that could be financial, it could be all three. Now he goes slap off the charts in the next verse. He says, if you shall ask, Anything. Now, what does anything mean to you people here in Minnesota? So whatsoever and anything mean one and the same. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. The church don't preach that. The church doesn't say that. The church says that, well, I know he said that, but if it be his will. No, he didn't say that. He's getting radical. Jesus is a revolutionary. Jesus make everybody mad. Oh, look, because mad people do things. Think about that for a minute. He said, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Why the name? Because you have to understand that when you got born again, he gave you the power of attorney to use that name. Now, what does that mean? I've said that here before. Mac, if you give me power of attorney over your financial affairs, I become Mac Hammond. I can sell his house and he's not even there. It doesn't make no difference because according to the government, I am Mac Hammond on this particular transaction because he gave me power of attorney. Well, do you know what happened when God saved you? He put his name in you. Listen, he put his name in you. Let me prove that to you. Exodus, you don't have to go to this. Exodus chapter 23, verses 19, 20, and 21. There was a, they called him the Jehovah angel. See, the Jews couldn't understand that God could have a son. You know why they don't believe that? Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. So there's no way God can have a son because he's one. Well, you one, but you a spirit housed in a soul and clothed in a body. You got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. They one, yet they three. Now don't try to complicate that, just believe it. 
Well, this angel showed they didn't know what to say. So he was the pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. They called him the Jehovah angel. Now God said this, do not provoke that angel. Uh-oh, you don't do that because he will not forgive your transgression. And then he said this, because my name is in him. Uh-oh, Jesus. That's the first glimpse of the Trinity. That is Jesus Christ before he is Savior. He's leading Israel. Now he's leading the church. Don't shout me down when the preacher can listen to me. When you got saved, God put his name in you. Christ in you. In you, the hope of glory. That's why he said, use my name. That's why you can boldly come to the throne of grace. You can sit down in God's presence. Gabriel cannot do that because God's name is on Gabriel. God's name is on Michael. But God, when he made you, he put his name on Jesus. He put his name in you. That's why you come boldly to the throne of grace. You can sit in heavenly places with him because you family. He made you an offer you couldn't refuse. You heard me say it before. Do you understand that? His name, Jesus, listen to me. His name is in us, in you. That's why he said, ask anything. Whatsoever. I don't care what it is. So write this down if you're taking notes. It takes great faith to even read Christ's teachings to ask anything, much less accept it and start believing it. It takes just great faith to believe it, you know, much less, just to read it, much less act on it. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Kenneth Hagin known for those two verses. That's in red too. He said, if you say to that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not down your heart. Believe those things which you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you said. Whatsoever you said, not God said. Whatever you said, not God said. Whatever you said. This is Jesus talking. How many of y'all believe what Jesus said? Then he said, he said, what things, uh-oh, things, what things ever you desire, not God desire. What you desire, not God desire, you desire when you pray. Believe that you receive, not when you get it, not when you see it, but when you pray. Believe that you receive. See, the evidence of things not seen has to take place before you can see. Now watch this. He said, if you would say to this mountain, be thou removed. Why do you have a hard time telling your mountain where to go? You tell everybody else where to go. You ain't got no problem telling somebody where to go. I, I've been on the streets of Minneapolis. You make a wrong turn, and sign language comes out. And, and then people can hear. They ain't there. Why are we struggling so much? Because the church has taught us to climb a mountain instead of a desire of a mountain. God said, stay to the mountain. And he said, climb the mountain. You climb all your life a mountain you should have never climbed. Get almost to the top, then you just slide down, almost kid yourself. God made us mountain dissolvers, not mountain climbers. Oh, we're starting to preach here. Listen to me. You see, that's why he said, ask me, Jesse, how many of you want a new home? A new car. Hold your hand up. Don't lie. Come on. Do you know when you say, Lord, I'd like to have a new house, you know what the angels say? Father, they're glorifying you. The church says that greed, God calls it glory. Whose report are you going to believe? 
He said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. So the Father's glorified and Jesus is magnified. But the church world makes it, calls it greed. No, it ain't got anything to do with greed. Well, I don't believe in that prosperity. Then you can't go to heaven. You better not go to heaven because you will get mad as a hornet. You walk in there, you walking on gold streets, people. You got diamond, barrel, jasper, onyx, ruby, foundation. You got pearly gates. You're going to tell Jesus, no, Je Jesus, this is not right. He's going to say, go to hell. Now, <laughs> look at Mac. The Mac turned red right there. In Louisiana, that ain't cussing. That's a location. You won't be able to handle that. Well, that's when we get to heaven. Oh, really? Let's go to another red part. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done where? 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 Oh, let me get black with it. Well, Lord! As it is where? Why aren't you there? You sure have given enough. You sure have sowed seed. Don't shout me down. Listen to me. Or oh, even the balcony's quiet. <laughs> See, you know, in the balcony, if the rapture comes, you get there first. I'm sorry for the rest of y'all down here. See, a Christ devoid of the supernatural is not the Christ of the Gospels. A Christ devoid of the supernatural is not the Christ of the Gospels. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, we've taken the Gospels and devoid the supernatural. Healing not for the day. You hadn't got sick enough yet. You hadn't had a doctor look at you and say, you got pancreatic cancer. You got two months to live. All of, all of a sudden, somebody like me or Mac Hammond or Lynn Hammond, people that believe in healing, we become very popular to you. Because you don't want to hear the word devoid of the supernatural. You need help. Now, people get so mad at me, Mac, because I'm a blessed man. It ain't my fault. It's not my fault, ladies and gentlemen. It's not my fault. Well, how did you do that? I remember the Lord thy God. Deuteronomy 8, 18. I remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that given me power to get what? I thought that was a sin. Now somebody lying, and it's not the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, they were so worried that you liable to get flipped. You know, God is not as hard on you as the church is. I'm not anti-church, but the church I was saying, well, I know he said that. But my God, man, then you, 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 you're crazy? I mean, I know, no, no, you don't know he said that. See, you, your mind is freaking out over what he said. And all Jesus wants you to do is just go do what he said. So simple that you need a theologian to help you misunderstand it. The teachings of Jesus are revolutionary. Why are they revolutionary? Because they're divine. Jesus made everybody mad. Made his mama mad, made his brothers mad, made the church mad. One time he was preaching. Think about this. He was doing a meeting like this. And somebody said, Brother Jesus. Brother Jesus. Uh, Brother Jesus. What? What? Your mother's here. Now Mary, that's a wonderful person, buddy. She put God in skin. That's good. 
God in skin at 15 years old. Tough as a nail, because she knew if anybody found out, she'd kill her. This girl is tough, who can handle anything. Jesus, your mother's here. Jesus goes, who's my mother? Who's my brother? That'd have been my mama. I slap your teeth out your mama. You talk to me. <laughs> you don't think he made Mary mad? You know, I've said it before. I gotta say, Mary lost God for three days. If your kid was missing for five minutes, would you know it? Mary don't even have a clue. Hell, Mary. The Lord is not with me. <laughs> look, look at these Catholics. Oh, oh, wait, don't get mad at me. I am a Catholic. I'm Christian and confirmed. That ain't throw me out. I'm the only man, the only minister in the state of Louisiana They asked about the Archdiocese of the Holy Roman Catholic Church, the Holy See. I can preach in the Catholic churches. It's a blessing. Three days she finds him. Good God. He looks at her. Twelve. You can see it. She's irritated. The Lord, I love it when the Lord writes down when they miss it. That helps me out. He showed me Abraham's mistakes and Abraham's successes. Isaac's mistakes and Isaac's successes. Mary's and Joseph's mistakes and their successes. And he said, woman, I'm about my father's business. He didn't say I'm about my father's ministry. That's the problem with the church world. We got a lot of people know how to preach, but they ain't got a lick of sense when it comes to business. God spoke that to me years ago. If you don't operate your ministry like a business, you are awaiting bankruptcy. I don't care how anointed you are. You live in an economic world. And if money is so bad, how come you want it every week? Send your kids to college with it, buy groceries, food, clothes, whatever. It ain't bad. You don't fall in love with money. I will never fall in love with money, but I love what money does. It got me here today. I don't fall in love with it. You can't eat it because if you start eating $20 bills, you'll choke to death. <laughs> but if you take that $20 bill and go down that store and buy some food, it'll bring nutrition to your body. You take that $20 bill and go to a clothing store and buy some clothes, it'll bring warmth to your body. It's valueless until it becomes a seed. You see, the teachings of Jesus were revolutionary. This is revolutionary. Now, in just a minute, I'm going to show you why people can't accept what he said. How come we're not doing these things? I'm gonna uh, it, it's so simple, yet it's deep. Write this down. The Word of God is so powerful that it sometimes makes the brain want to tilt. Think about that. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. See, what starts kicking in is your intellectual activity. Your range in research, your induction in reason. See, let me tell you why we're not doing these things. The word, listen to me now, listen, listen, get this. Balcony, get this. The word of God is not soulish. The word of God is not, is not uh, you know, mind, you know, uh, will and emotion. The word of God is spirit. 
And you worship God in what? And in what? See, when you come to the Word of God in spirit, you got no problem with whatsoever. You got no problem with anything. But if you come with mind, will, and emotion, because see, the soul needs to be transformed. It's been conformed to homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical, theological thinking. What happens in the experience? I tried that. Opinions, transitory forms of thought floating on the ocean of life. They change with every wave. No, no. When you come to God in his word, you come in spirit. That's why if you're in a mall and you see a crippled person in a wheelchair, your spirit says, go over there, grab him. Jerk him out. Jesus. Your soul and your mind say, control yourself. You don't lost your ever-loving mind. You're not getting lost soon. If it don't work, I won't answer that question. This is just a little piece of the book. You know, everything is just anything. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been preaching 43 years. I've been in full-time ministry 41. Listen to me. I don't mean this pridefully, so don't take it like that. I have never, ever had a financial deficit. Now, why? Why? You know, I've got the biggest preachers in the world, and I've preached with them. I've asked them. Just, I can just say it. How do you do that? And when I tell them that, they don't believe it. You know what I say? It's so simple. It goes beyond the head because they look, they receive it in the soul instead of the spirit. Ready for this? I didn't believe it. What? I didn't believe it. What do you mean? You didn't, I didn't believe it. You want me something else? You want me to say something else? I didn't believe it. That's how easy that is. You know how many people told me you better get ready for it? And I smiled at them. I said, but I read that Bible. He said he supplied. How many need? How many need? He said, if I delight myself there with him, he would give me the what? Desires of my heart. If I prayed like the psalmist David, the laws of my shepherd, I shall not. Is that true? See, you're waiting for something else. When there's nothing else, it's just literally that something. I'm like a child. Like your kid at your house. When they're hungry, they go to the refrigerator and they open up and just start eating. They have no concept of how much it takes to keep that refrigerator full. They invite their friends over to eat your Why? Because it's your job to keep it full. So they don't even question Word of God is not so much. Same thing when people tell me about the sick. Well, brother, just I'll tell you one thing. I am not going to say I'm healed when I am sick. I'm not dealing with your am sick. I'm dealing with your word healed. If I can get you to look at your word healed like you're looking at your am sick, I get rid of your am sick with your word healed. Well, I know you said that, but I am not going to say I'm healed if I am sick. I'm not dealing with your am sick. I'm dealing with your word healed. If I can get you to look at your word healed like you're looking at your am sick, I get rid of your am sick with your word healed. What I'm doing is, is trying to get you to look as strong as your answer that you are at your problem. Problems are in the soul's realm. Answers are in the spirit. How many of you say, prove it? You can't. You don't have a contract signed by God that when you die, you go to heaven, and then nobody can talk you out of it. And sometimes you do some stuff that ain't too safe. Don't look at me weird. All of us have done that. How many of you have cussed since you saved? Look, I'm gonna tell you my failures and I'm gonna tell you my I'm gonna tell you my successes. Oh yeah. And, 
The Lord said, what did you, why did you say that? I said, it's the only way I can express what I was feeling. I don't lie to God. He said, well, quit feeling. See, you can't prove it, but nobody can talk you out of it. You know why? You went to it with spirit and not with soulish. You don't have to transform your spirit. Now, many believers don't ask anything or what's out of, out of a misplaced sense of protection. They're trying to protect God's reputation just in case he don't do it. Because you know how God is. Sometimes he does. And sometimes he doesn't. That's another religious lie. But you see, we went by what we saw. We went by what we feel. We're not doing this. When God gave me this, he said, I'm going to blow your mind. Listen to me. Your everything is my anything. He said, my warehouses are full. I can't, how come we can't, how come we can't seem to get it? Because we expect the trouble. And guess what we get? The trouble. Do you have to have trouble to learn something? If, if Mac told me, now listen, when you go back to your hotel, there's a big old hole out there. Tell that driver, don't drive on that road. And we go running that hole, and I call Mac, and he, he would say, well, fool, didn't I tell you not to go down that road? Get that hole. All I had to do was take a different route. Now, I personally believe, some people don't believe this, I personally believe in the 30, 60, and the 100 fold. Oh, Lord, because it's in red. 100 fold, 100 times. 100 times is mathematics. I know how, I mean, I can add, subtract, multiply, divide. 100 fold, and one fold, two fold, three fold. Look how much more we gotta go. Four fold, five fold. Oh, Jesus. It's doubling every time. Jesus. By the time you get down here, there's a figure this long. And the only reason why you've ever had to wait on anything is because somebody didn't obey. Yet the Bible says it's better to obey than to sacrifice. Or we good at sacrifice. Do we know how to suffer? Beat me, Jesus. Just beat me, Jesus. No, I don't want to beat you. Oh, Jesus, just beat me, Jesus. No. I don't want to do that. More when he tells you to obey. Give a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. Jesus. That's all I got. He said, that's all I asked for. That's how simple that is. <laughs> oh, y'all don't hear me over here. Let me go over here. <laughs> See, your everything is his anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, whatsoever. whatsoever. And then we're going to give him glory. We're going to wait another century. We're going to wait another millennium. I get people so aggravated at me because I'm a blessed man. They get so mad. I tell you one thing. I said, well, no, you're going to tell me more than one thing. I know it's coming. I tell you, I don't think you ought to have the house. I said, no, you love my house. You don't like your house. That's your problem. I gave you my house. You shout. I'm not, I didn't build a thing to impress anybody. I just did what God told me to do. He told me, he said, build a house. I'm going to use it to provoke people. I went, whoa, wait, wait. I said, easy for you to say. They can't see you. They see me. You know, Jesus couldn't eat a sandwich, right? Uh, Mac, they called him a glutton. He ate a sandwich, a glutton. He drank some of your wine, Bibber. Did y'all hear two years ago? Was it two years ago or last year? Jesse Duplantis, number one star in the world. Got four jets. Ladies and gentlemen, if I got four jets, I got to make a theft report because three of them are missing. They lied. Sad to say, a lot of Christian people believed it until they need a plane. Then they call me, but just, 
uh, my baby dying of cancer, and I, I gotta get him to. Oh, I, I could say, well, well, fly Delta. Didn't do that. But they, 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 they don't report that. You see what I'm saying here? Many believers don't ask anything out of a misplaced sense of protection. See, fear and faith cannot cohabitate in your mind. Write that down. Fear and faith cannot cohabitate in your mind. One must rule if you want to obey God. I remember Jody. Jody's going to be 48 years old. She come up to me the other day. She said, Dad, October 25th, she'll be 48. She said, Dad, I'm going to be 48. I said, I don't know. I was there when you were born. I was there. I had to pay for you. I was there. She said, well, Dad, you don't want to know how old you are. I know how old I am. My granddaughter came to my house the other day. She said, Grandfather, what is this thing? I said, that's my, that's my safe deposit box where your inheritance is. <laughs> She's 11 years old, going on 40. You know how that stuff is. When you understand, understand by the Spirit, and I notice that a lot of people put pressure on preachers' kids when they shouldn't. Because 14 is 14, whether you say it or not say it. It's just 14. And don't forget that if you're a Christian. So I know that Jody was under pressure. I said, so when I came in, I said, Jody, Daddy won't talk to you. Sit up. She said, what? I said, Jody, I just want you to be you. Jody, you cannot ruin my reputation. You cannot. The only one that can ruin my reputation is me. I just want you to be you. I said, Jody, you can't do something bad enough to stop me from being your dad. If you robbed the store, I'd probably drive the getaway car. But I would be chewing your butt out. You stupid thing, what are you robbing a store for? I said, you got to understand something, girl. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you. You understand? That's what God is saying to you. You can't ruin my reputation. Come on, boy. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I never was at my peace. I give you. I, in it, I give you rest too. Come on. I give you grace. I'll forgive you. I'll help you. All I like for you to do is just accept what I want to do for you. And that's a whatsoever. And that's a anything. See, you never water down Christ's teachings to ask anything in his name. So when are we going to give him glory? If you ask God for a new house, he will get glory. And the church said, that's greed. No, that's growth. Here's another question. When are we going to give him pleasure? Pleasure. Oh, that's a word Pentecostal don't like. Pleasure, that's a sin. Oh, if you got pleasure, uh, uh, sin. Sin. I'll never forget the first time I went to a Pentecostal church. You know, I was raised Catholic. I've never seen nothing like that. That's the ugliest people I ever saw in my life. I walked in there, and there no women. They had the whole Jesus. They had no, they had, they had hair on their legs. They had no makeup on. I told my friend, there ain't no lust in here, buddy. <laughs> ah, it ain't happening here, buddy. Not here. Well, I, I went by what I saw, and I never went back. Uh, can y'all put some scripture on one of these things? Psalms 35, verse 27, if you don't mind. In the old King James Version, can you put it on there? Look, I wipe my head. I still got it, don't Lord. <laughs> okay, uh, put it up there. Yes, Psalms 35. Where we going, man? Put the whole verse. Psalms 35, verse 27. That's not the verse. 
No, not Psalms. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Psalms 35, verse 27. That's it. Let them shout for joy. Now, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Watch this. And be glad. Now, that's emotional feeling. So those two work together well. Fruit of the Spirit and emotional feeling. That favor, my righteous call. Whoa, you, what? Favor? So don't get mad at me if I got favor. It's a righteous thing. Look at, look at the verse. Don't look at me. Yay, let them say, how long? How long? How long? Let them say contender. Watch this. Let the Lord be what? Who hath what? Who hath what? Pleasure in the what? Stop! I thought that was a sin. I thought that prosperity message is a sin. Somebody lying. God get pleasure in the prosperity of his what? Well, if he did it in the Old Testament as a servant, how much more will he get it as a son and a daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ? All of you ought to be rich. If my daughter gets rich, I get excited. When my granddaughter, my daughter's blessed, I go, oh, I get pleasure. But see, the church was preached pleasure is a sin. I honestly believe. She almost shocked me when I say that. I honestly believe the reason why them old Pentecostal people, they preached that premarital sex was a sin because they just knew it would lead to dancing. Because <laughs> my God, if you start dancing, oh, you devil from hell. I'm looking at you ladies. Y'all couldn't have been here. They throw you out. They throw all this whole front row out the door. You got slacks on. Oh. Makeup. Oh, your hair's cut. Oh, Jesus, help us all. Silliness and stupidity. Wonderful people, they love God. But they don't know what whatsoever is or anything. And Satan says, we can spend their money. We can run them through all kinds of trouble and make them think God's doing it. That's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. When are we going to give him glory? When are we going to give him pleasure? Here's another one. When are we going to give him God said, in, I believe in the book of Samuel, first time I think, he said, if you honor me, I will honor you. So I had a man the other day say that. He says, uh, why'd, you buy, why'd you build that house, brother? I said, well, I said to honor God. That's the liquid of the Lord. He goes, I said, what have you built to honor God? See, I don't believe in finance. Let me close with this. This is just little pieces of it. I don't believe in finance and poverty. Neither does Jesus, neither does the Father, neither does the Holy Ghost. He said to eradicate it. My brother Jesse. Jesus said. I know what Jesus said. Poor you have what you always. Why did he say that? Some people enjoy it. It's called socialism. never allow you to be blessed. Bible said a good man leave an inheritance for his children's children. You're just trying to get by on your own life, much less your kids' kids. Oh, there's no way they can be. Everybody's got to be poor. Really? Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 15. Let me read you something here. Deuteronomy is the last book. Moses is about ready to enter into heaven, and he speaks, and Deuteronomy comes out of his mouth. Chapter 15, he's about ready to turn everything over to Joshua. Look what God said through Moses in Deuteronomy 15, verse 4. Save when there shall be no poor 
among you. Now, this is Old Testament. For the Lord shall greatly bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it. Now, brother, just that that was the nation of Israel. Is Israel the seed of Abraham? Is it? Are you the seed of Abraham? How come we got poor people? What did Jesus say in the first message he ever preached? Luke 4. Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to get rid. The gospel is good news. We mean, ain't going to be poor no more. Get, don't finance it. Eradicate it. Can you take Deuteronomy 15, verse 4, and put it in the Amplified? Can you do that if you don't mind? I don't know if you can. Do you all have that at that? Let's do that. I want to read it in the Amplified if I can. All right, watch it. But there will be no poor among you, for the Lord will surely bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you to an, for an inheritance to possess, not to confess. I love confession, but I, I want to possess what I confess. I'm just being biblical. I'm not poor. I'm sorry. Well, you ought to help the poor. I helped the poor more than you. One man told me about that plane the other day. I'll tell you, well, you could have used that money to feed the poor. I said, really? I said, you know, when I bought that plane, I fed the people that made the engines. I fed the people that made the seats. I fed the people that made the aluminum. I fed the people that put the electrical wires in that fuselage. I fed the people that did the avionics. I fed the people that put the tires on that plane so they could have a job. Who have you fed, sir? Plus, I fed the poor. I told my daughter and I told my granddaughter, there will not be poverty in this family. Jesus tarried, none of you will be poor. Let me tell you why, me. Because God, I believe God that I can be in a land where there's no poverty. Here, not when I get to heaven. I mean, what would you do if you went to heaven and saw Gold Street? Would you tell Jesus, could have used that money to feed the poor? <laughs> you know what he'd say? There ain't no poor. There's so much here. Then I'll just say this. Never define whatsoever as only one thing or in one area of your life. Whatsoever and anything is all, every bit of a lock, stock, and barrel. I'm telling you one thing. God bless. He said, Jesse, my warehouses are so full. He says, I want my people in comfort, not just me. See, not only is the Holy Ghost a comforter, but he's a corrector. So if you mess up, sometimes you pray a prayer, you didn't get it exactly what you thought. But the reason why, because Jesus had to fix, the Holy Ghost had to fix the prayer. But he's just trying to bless you. Just trying. Just trust the God that trusts you. But I don't want to be greedy. You don't want to be greedy. You're a good person. Trust the God that trusts you. How many times I have to tell Jody, finally, she's getting it at 48. Let me bless you. I am El Shaddai. I serve El Shaddai. You my only daughter. Let me bless you. Well, Dad, you don't have I, I know I don't have to. God, I have a responsibility to leave that inheritance. See, he said that. You see what I'm saying? So, I'll say this real quick. What do you want? Let me hurry real quick. What? 
What do you want, lady? It's kind of hard, isn't it? Come on, I ain't leaving till you tell me something. What do you want? A convertible. Wow, that's a whatsoever. So she showed him this guy on that. What do you want, sir? Your daughter's college paid her. What do you want? New house. You know, I'm not asking you what you need. You never need to ask that. Quit that. That's a waste of spiritual energy. The Bible said he supplied how many need? What you want, ma'am? What you want, sir? What you want? Ain't nobody said anything that God wouldn't do. What you want, ma'am? New house. You in the balcony. What y'all want? <laughs> hey! Hey! Mac! What you want? A new hologram? I don't even know what a... Is it a hologram or a hologram? Hologram. I have no idea what it is. Do it, Jesus. That's good. What do you want, sir? What you want, sir? Yeah, what you want, sir? You want to be loved. You already love, brother. All you got to do is accept it. There you go. Now you made the right sign. You already don't get my feelings. There's people hate me. They don't know. They hate me so much they love me. They hate me, but they follow me. You don't follow people you don't love. <laughs> what you want, sir? A wife. I thought you said a woman. I thought, whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. Why, why? No, he got one. That's enough of that. A river cruise. What you want, sir? 50 acres. What you want, sir? Praise the Lord. What you want, ma'am? Nobody said anything that God wouldn't do. What you want, sir? Or did it's hard to think when see, let nobody say that. Because the church has for 2,000 years said, he'll get you your need, but don't get too crazy with the need. Why are you thinking about it? What you want? My God. Do you know yet what you want? Intimacy with my father. Yeah. What a blessing. That's my point. Every time I take Meredith, my granddaughter, shopping, I never say, what do you need? I say, Meredith, what you want? Every time I take Jody shopping or Jay, they, we go somewhere, if it's a shopping thing, I say, uh, Jody, what you want? Or if it's Christmas time, what you want? I never say, what you need? Don't you never tell your husband what you need for Christmas? You're going to get a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> what you want, Barry? I've been knowing Barry for many years. A lot of people thought I was Barry. They would hand me Kevin Copeland ministry bills to me because they thought I was Barry. What do you want? <laughs> Healing for your buddy. Is that wonderful? That's a great thing, Barry. He's not it withholding healing or withholding it. He just wanted so we he would be glorified. I'll say one more thing. I, I, I ran out of time real quick. Listen to me. Easter Sunday, you're a grandparent. You're in the mall. What do you call that place? Mall of America. Is that right? All right, you see this beautiful dress for your granddaughter? She's three years old. I said, I gotta buy that thing. 
you buy that thing and you put it on and come Easter Sunday, you come to Living Word, oh, and here she is, a beautiful little girl. She got this beautiful dress on. People go, oh, look how beautiful this child is. Such a beautiful dress. Are you the grandparent? Yes, I bought that. I bought that dress at the Mall of America, and I thought she would look so good. Well, she does. She is so beautiful. You know what the grandparent does? This. Why? You just got glorified. So everything you've asked, angels are saying, they're going to glorify you, Father. Because it's a whatsoever, and it's a anything, in my last statement. And the reason why he'll do it, man, because he put his name in you. That's why I just don't get depressed. I can get aggravated sometimes. I'm believing God. Me and Mac are believing God for some things right now. He's irritating me because you know what it is? My faith is right. My faith is strong. It's some idiot not obeying. I paid off a person's house the other day. The Lord told me to do it. It was on Easter Sunday. I mean, the worship leader was singing an old song called The Alabaster Box. It was a wonderful song. And no man, go sit down. But man, I stayed at the pulpit and was just watching our worship leader, Renee. She sang it so beautifully. And Kathy kept saying, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I just, you know, leaned up against the pulpit and just listened to it. And when she finished singing the song, the Lord said, open your alabaster box. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know what I was going to do. I started doing this. And I saw a couple, Bobby and Gina Rodriguez. I said, Bobby, Gina, come up here. I had no idea what I was going to say. I thought maybe a word of knowledge from the Lord. I had no idea. And when she, him and her stood in front of me, I heard myself saying, how much you owe in your house? Oh, but Jesse, we've been believing God, putting money against the principal of the house for years. I said, how much money you owe in the house? She said, we owe $70,000. I said, not no more. I said, Kathy, cut him a check and pay the house. Now the place went crazy. Okay, and I thought, why? I just obeyed. See, your mind was on the 70,000. Now I get, no. Your mind should have been on obedience. Barry, I went to my house, and I was walking toward my study, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Jesse, you're the 20th person I told to pay that house off, but you're the first one that obeyed. That's why that plane's not here yet. I'm Jesse Duplantis, and I approve this message. Give the Lord. Thank you. Okay, let me hug I, I, I'm going to give an altar call in a minute, but I have the honor first to receive the offering for the living word. Now, let, let, let me tell you, none of this happens without a seed. My daddy told me that one time, son, without me, you'd have never got here. I said, you did that to my mama? He said, yes, I did. So the other day, Jody was come, walking down the hall. Uh, and uh, we have all the executive, sec the executive office. And I said, everybody listen. Everybody look up. They all call me boss. I said, you see my daughter? Didn't I do good? I did this. Joe said, what are you doing, Dad? I said, look how good I am. Look at this child. See, she's going to be 48, but she's still my child. We're not God's adults. We're God's children, young man. How old are you, son? I used to be 17. It don't last long, son. 
This is going to happen to you. You heard what he said It's time to receive the tithe and offerings. And, oh, thank you. And the over and above giving. The anointing of increase is on me, ladies and gentlemen. It is on me. It's on me. It's on me. Don't get mad at me. It's on me. I'm going to say something sounds so arrogant and so prideful, but it's not. Just because I came here, you're going to get blessed. I believe in leaving puddles of increase everywhere I go. You know, and I don't, I told the Lord one time, I said, Lord, if you let me, I'll never receive an offering again as long as I live. You just put the right people in my life. And I, and I thought he'd be so happy. And he said, oh, you want me to cut out giving? Uh, uh, he said, we could cut out healing too, salvation. What else you want to cut, Jesse? I said, Lord, forgive me. I, did, I, I said the wrong thing. He said, you did. Now, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time. So I'm going to ask you to give graciously. I've been a tither. I, <laughs> I never knew nothing about tithing. I was Catholic. Anybody ever been Catholic, raised Catholic? Did y'all did y'all church have the baskets with the big pole? One usher could do this whole church, just slide it down. Am I, am I telling the truth? Remember those things? It was something, boy. <laughs> Protestants take a, need a lot more people. Them Catholics, but if you're in the back, they take it. It looked like a pole vault. They could mm, put that basketball with everything. It was great. I thought it was a good idea. I didn't know nothing about tithing. I never read the Bible till we got saved. Kathy never read the Bible till she got saved. And when I got saved, I went to a church called Terrebonne for a gospel temple. Terrebonne means good earth in French. And the pastor said, it's time to receive the morning time and all. And I thought he said tires. Because I had seen a bus out there, Matt. I thought, well, the church needs some tires for that bus? And Kathy said, no. She said, that, uh, you give 10% of your giving. I went, that ain't a Bible. So she turned over to Malachi. Now, to me, it was Malachi. I was raised on the streets of New Orleans. I, I'm not an Italian, but I was raised with Italian people. You do what you got to do. You understand? I mean, I mean, I, I was raised with the life. And the first thing, I, she showed it to me, but my eyes hit this verse 8, verse 8. Will a man rob God? And I thought, Malachi, you better not run me. They said, tell you, somebody going to get hurt here. You do not rob me. You understand? That's how I was raised. You mess with somebody. Where's Fred? That's what the Mississippi River's for. Now you laugh, but that was the truth. That's how I was raised. <laughs> Just the way it was. She said, no, it's not Malachi, it's Malachi. And she said, there, the time bring all the time. I said, oh. She said, I said, then we'll do that for the rest of our life. And we had. You know what Kenneth Copeland's mother and father did? They put tithing in their marriage vows when they got married. Brother A.W. and Brother Kenneth kind of told me that. Bless him, huh? And Kenneth told me that his father never went 24 hours in the depression. That, people, there's too much proof that it works. So I'm going to ask you to give your tithe and offering. Over and above, what have you got? I mean, and not only do I give my time, then I, then I give Luke 6, 38, and I give 3 John 2. I just keep giving, Lord Jesus. Got blessed the other day, Lord Jesus. You know that $70,000 that I get paid? Somebody blessed me with $430,000. 
said, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this, so I just gave him a ring. I got too much seed in the ground, ladies and gentlemen. I believe in God for some big things, Mac. And the only way I know how to get that is to say, let him say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. If you need an offering envelope, it's on the back of the pew. Is that how it works? Get your offering ready. We're going to receive it, then we'll pray for you in just a minute. Is everybody ready to give? Up in the balcony, everybody ready to give? I want you to do your best. Oh, dear. Think of a hundredfold on a thousand dollars. Not a hundred times. That's a hundred thousand dollars. Today, a hundred thousand dollars don't go that far. Man, you, you wouldn't get one quarter through the mall, the mall of America with a hundred thousand dollars if you bought everything you saw. Am I telling the truth? It's true. Well, you see, you think that's greed. No. That's why you think God had them all built. Because you might want something. Now, you see, if you go out there and say, preacher said, now that's just greed. No, that's a whatsoever. That's a anything. All you people that said what you want, get ready. You're going to receive it. Because your faith is stronger than it's ever been right now. You just heard the word of God. You know, being on the board of directors of this church felt a little bit this thing needs to be paid off. Let me tell you what I'm believing for living work. All right? I'm, I'm on board of directors. Mac and Linda, sometimes M&A, M&A, they do board business and they tell you everything. I'm also a board of director of Kenneth Copeland Ministry. And these, these two ministries, I can put them side by side. People, people of great integrity. Yeah. They show you everything. What I'm believing God for is for living work to be paid for completely. And the amount of money that it costs to pay this place off, have that in liquid finance somewhere in the bank somewhere. And you too. I would like this church to be the first one in America that not only is the place built, paid off, but everyone that comes is debt free. Wait, 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 wait. don't shout yet. Wait, you're, you're gonna shout in just a minute. And not only be debt free, but the amount of money you were in debt, have that in liquid finance somewhere. Now you can shout. How hard is it to give away a hundred thousand, Majestic? Just as easy as it is to give a dollar? No, you gotta be kidding, no? It's called obedience. It's not the money. See, <laughs> I, I don't wanna, well, I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm coming up with a book for Christmas that's gonna blow your socks off. On the Christmas story, on the different characters that God used Jesus, to get Jesus on the ground. Caesar Augustus, you know what he did? The unconscious obedience of the unbeliever. Jesus wouldn't have been born in Bethlehem. She's nine months pregnant. You ain't gonna put a woman on a donkey and go a hundred and something miles. She, Jesus gonna be born in Nazareth unless Caesar Augustus takes it. Unconscious obedience of the unbeliever. This new book's coming, I mean, I've had people say, I ain't never heard of it. Christmas story like that. The different characters God used. I want you blessed. I mean, you're going to believe for your harvest. Ah, uh, by Monday. It's a whatsoever. Don't limit God. All right, ushers, get, get ready. Hold your offering up to the Lord. You're making out your, uh, the, y'all know how to do that here. Uh, I guess they put it on the shed back there, whatever y'all do, uh, to receive it. You got some pretty nice buckets. I used to preach with R.W. Shambach. He used garbage cans. Mac. Garbage can, and he filled them up, and nobody was mad. 
Father, I thank you for this offering today. Lord, let their whatsoever and their anything come to pass because they're planting a seed, Jesus. They, they, they do an honor to living word, your house, meat in your house. But because they're putting meat in your house, you put meat in their house. Let all deficits disappear, all of it, in, the, in this house and in their house. Let miracles take place. Let there be from now to, to New Year's Eve, every, every Sunday service, somebody has a testimony of the most amazing thing that happened. I ask you to do this, Lord, in Jesus' name. You've done it for me. I've been debt free since 1982. God, I have no concept of debt. <laughs> I thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you for doing for these wonderful people that came tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.